0: Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the
1: Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Jam-packed edition of Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Thanks for stopping in with this trade deadline. Whoa. There was some interesting trades, some unexpected trades, and as always, some disappointment. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about all of those things. We're going to talk about the Dodgers and the Angels, what kind of weeks they had. We'll look at uh, what happened around baseball. But first, it's all about the trade deadline. We will talk about the Dodgers and Angels trend lines, uh, trades or lack thereof when we get to their uh segment so let's not mess around with it this time let's do two things let's tell them where they can find us online twitter at sibling rivalry bb without the a and on instagram and facebook at sibling rivalry bb with the a online we are our website anyway sibling rivalry hope you check by any of those things and feel free to Send us a message, tweet at us, or whatever that is. X at us, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess
0: so. I don't
1: know what it is anymore, but uh, by all means, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, things you'd like to uh, for us to talk about, maybe. Uh, we're more than happy to, uh, to promptly ignore whatever your request is, <laughs> but we will read it. That's for sure. So, you know, no fooling around. Let's just do this, trade deadline. There's two times a year that fans get super excited where the game kind of takes a backseat. And that's after the owner's meeting, usually in early December, because a lot of deals come out of that. But during the off season and the hot stove, everybody's excited because number one, it's baseball and you got something to do even though there's no games. But the trade deadline, is my team gonna make the trade? That makes a huge difference or will they not make any trades or will they make a stupid trade?
0: Yeah, who's who's going all in? Who's setting this one out? Yeah, it's kind of almost like. um, I guess it's kind of I want to say Christmas if your team does good trades, but it's almost kind of like election night election too, because. You're watching the numbers, you know, to see who gets elected. So I think right. that's how I would probably, especially on the, on the day, the deadline day. So you're constantly, I know I'm constantly looking. Yeah, I, I don't
1: think that I put my phone down. I was, I was watching for updates constantly, like, uh, you know, hollering at my phone. Why is it there an update? Why is there a trade? <laughs> What's going on? Why is that guy still with that team? How is he not part <laughs> of this team yet? Especially with the teams that you're rooting for. Uh yeah, whoever your team is. So, you know, that's the, the so really the craziness of all this started up not on the trade deadline day, August 1st necessarily. It started up, well, it started a few weeks ago when people started coming out of the all-star break. There was a lot of talk. What's going to happen? Is Shohei going to get traded? That was that was number 1 on everybody's mind. We made a point of talking about it and there was and at that point it looked like the Angels were on their way out of everything and should be sellers. Yeah. And the problem this year is there were there's too many teams that are within striking distance. And and remember, even though the trade deadline comes there beginning of August, there's still two full months yet to be played. So much can happen in that. And if you're within striking distance, you know, it makes no sense for the Oakland A's, the Kansas City Royals, the Washington Nationals to go all in and become buyers thinking they're gonna make up 30 games back that they already that they are now. That makes no sense. So, you know, these teams that are real close, like the Angels, that were only within about, uh, only out of the wild card by about four games, there's a lot going on. And so nothing was really developing on the trade front because nobody wanted to give up anybody if the, in case they had a chance at Shohei. Right. Finally, the Angels put everybody out of their misery and and announced it. We are not trading Shohei.
0: Right. And I think, and I've, we've heard this, that because everybody wanted to be all in, every team wanted to be all in, I think I only saw the Royals, maybe didn't want to be all in on Otani, but everybody wanted to be all in on Otani. That it, um, trades that we might have seen happen earlier were not happening. And so then it makes me wonder was that part of Perry's plan? Maybe.
1: They controlled the market. I don't think it was so much Perry. I think that's an Artie Marino thing.
0: Uh, Yeah. So, but so was it in the world is
1: waiting for me
0: and which he would love. He would relish that.
1: Yes. The world is revolving around the angels right this moment. That's right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, but they had been saying for the most part, they weren't going to trade him. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and and we said, I mean, neither one of us thought that that was going to happen.
1: And I understand what everybody say, and I heard, you know, on uh, on MLB Radio on uh, trade deadline day, you know them saying, well, you know, by uh, for all purposes, the Angels and like the Padres should be sellers, but it turns out neither one of
0: them were. Nope. Yeah, and that was the thing too with the Padres, especially we heard Josh Hader, maybe Blake Snell. um, those but those are the two big ones that I heard as far as names, but maybe even Juan Soto, you know, that name was kind of his name was put out there. So yeah, I wonder now because of the way the playoff the the format is, um, and when the trade deadline is, you do have so much can happen. And so you really have to, you're If it was just the regular playoff and you didn't have all these wild cards and you didn't have the whole bracket thing, we would have seen, I'm sure we would have seen a lot more traits. But now you got to look at the wild card. So you had Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, who, you know, Marcus Stroman, maybe he is going to get traded. Maybe Cody Bellinger, both of them are off the market because they're within, you know, they're in that wild card. Where they have a shot,
1: yeah, they're just uh you know uh, just a few games out, uh I think four and a half games out as of the weekend, that's nothing, yeah um you know, and the other thing is is that because Arizona and Miami are both half game out as of the weekend last weekend um they're they can battle each other out, and Arizona is has not played well, the Cubs. I mean, by the end of the week, the Cubs had won five in a row. Arizona had lost one there, but they'd gone three and seven over the week. Miami, two and eight over their previous ten. So that really puts them in where they've got a spot, a shot. And then you look at the um, the Dregs. the drags only six and a half back. So lots, lots of options. And. They're. I, I don't know if I'm the Padres, I probably am selling just because they haven't done anything. They they did have like one of the best records in baseball during July. Yeah. So that kind of got them where they were, you know, instead of being like eight games under uh, as of the weekend, they were five games under 500. But they haven't had a four game winning streak all season long. Obviously, everything could change. They can catch fire right now. But even with all these people, all these players that they have, and they have an all-star caliber lineup, it's not – they've not been going anywhere. They've been a bigger disappointment. Uh, They've been a big – I think they're a bigger disappointment than even the Mets. And I think that's where we need to start because back on July 29th, we knew this could happen because Max Scherzer had made it known – Weeks before the trade deadline that if it came up, he'd be open to waiving his no trade clause and he has a full no trade clause. He Mm -hmm. that he would be willing to look at that and uh, and decide, you know, if he wanted to go somewhere and uh, on the
0: 29th, he went somewhere. Yeah, he's headed to the grill in Arlington to Texas Rangers uh, he waived his no-trade clause, and he exercised his player option for next season, the twenty twenty-four player option for forty-three point three three million dollars. Yeah.
1: So the Rangers only give up a uh, a minor league shortstop, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother, by the way. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and then not only that, but then they also get some money along with Scherzer to pay part of Scherzer's uh, um, contract. So the question is, how long before he's got a dead arm there in Texas? And they realize this wasn't a good idea. But you wonder what's why he was so eager to get out of there and on trade deadline day. Max talked with The Athletic and Ken Rosenthal and shared a few things. And we'll talk about that coming up in a minute. But first, let's talk about the other huge news that happened on Tuesday. And, uh, and that was another game changer in the American League West when Justin Verlander exercised and, and waived his no trade clause to go back to the
0: team he won a ring with just last season, the Houston yeah. Asterisks. Yeah, back to the juice box for Justin. Uh, and I, I know that the Dodgers were in on Justin Verlander and a lot of other teams. I think I heard the Padres. Uh, but when it came down to it, when I heard that Houston was in, I thought, first I thought, he's not going to leave New York. But then when I heard Houston, I thought, if he leaves New York, it will be for Houston, and that will probably be the only team. I didn't see him as a Dodger. Not that I wouldn't have liked to have seen him as a Dodger, because that was my prediction last season when we did our crazy, wild predictions. I said Justin Verlander to the Dodgers. Was it last season or the season before? Last yeah, last season, yeah, um, to the Dodgers, and he went to the Mets. Um, so I just backed off that and was like, if he wears Dodger blue, he wears Dodger blue, but it just didn't feel right that he was going to be. So yeah, back to Houston, and uh, now the Mets are without their their two big arms that they had. That they spent a lot of money on. And yes, exactly. They, they spent a lot of money on because uh, he signed a two-year, $86 million deal with them. And uh, now he's gone. Now the hmm. Mets are going to cover, you know, they're going to send $35 million to the Astros to cover his salary and an additional 17 and a half million um if he he has vesting option he has a vesting option 35 million dollar vesting option that becomes a player option but it's based on if he pitches 140 innings next year so they're on the hook for that too so they uh,
1: both teams took their chances there with these guys um and verlander just by seeing how the Astros players Reacted when they found out that Verlander was coming back. Shows me that that is a game changer for Houston. And they're only like, I think, let's see, as of as of the weekend, they are only um, like a half a game behind. um, Texas, something like that, a game behind Texas. So they are right there within striking distance and they're going to play each other, you know, throughout the year. And so I think it's going to be a battle. The only thing that really could work out for the, like the angels who seem the most likely to be in a spot to um maybe move up would be that those two teams just beat the daylights out of one another and wear them out. And the angels are able to, to take advantage of that and, you know, uh, win some extra games and get in because that might be their best option to get into the playoffs, depending on, you know, how the rest of the season goes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, they could, so. you could, the angels could just play their, you know, their, their games, not worry about Houston, not worry about um, Texas and just let Texas and Houston battle it, battle it out. That's a good strategy. Yeah. I like that. Would that would
1: be, that would be good. <laughs> now, what, what, was interesting was that after Verlander left for Houston, uh, Scherzer had talked. He had his introductory press conference in Arlington and uh, the questions that came out, you know, about going, he and like I said, he talked to Ken Rosenthal there at the Athletic. Um, It looks like that based off what he's saying, the Mets have thrown in the towel, not only for this season, but next season as well. And they were open to trade uh, anybody who had a free agent contract or had a contract that ended in 2024. So anybody that's not going to be here past 2024, we're going to get rid of, and we're looking more to, for, for the, to build for 2025 or 2026 and per Then he says, Billy Epler, the GM vice president of operations or whatever he is, said more, more likely 26.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Scherzer asked him, he said, "Okay, are we reloading for 2024? And he said, no, we're not. And it's the earliest would be 25. But as you just said, more like 26. And we're going to be making trades around that. So, and he said 24, 2024 season is going to be more of a transitionary year. And the only thing I think of is the Mets fans who were so excited. Yet Steve Cohen, who has, you know, pockets full of money, stashed everywhere, thinking you can buy this team. And now It's imploding. Yeah,
1: because he he didn't get there's there's still players on that team that aren't good players. And obviously, uh, Pete Alonso, who's been having issues this season, he was even supposedly tradable because his his uh, contract ends uh, next year. Uh, He didn't go any place, but there there's just that. Thing that it's like they didn't buy the right players. Mm-mm. And uh, you know, if he wanted to do that, he he probably could have, but he didn't get to the right
0: player. I don't think he got to the right players, and then I also think about the Padres and how they kind of had the same philosophy as you know, you just throw money, but then but you have to think of the team concept, and so you have players and they're good players, but are they gonna play? Well, together as a team, obviously, I don't think that you really, you know, that until maybe you talk to them, you interview them, whatever. Um, But I think Padres are a really good um, example of that, because we've already heard we've heard over this season lots of drama in the clubhouse. I don't know about the Mets so much. They just seem when I've watched them play, especially that last series they played in New York against the Dodgers, they just looked They look defeated.
1: We did see a couple of years ago um, with the Mariners that they were playing solid baseball and then they traded a player and it shook up their clubhouse Mm -hmm. and they kind of fell off from there. And that guy was Kendall Graveman. They traded him to Houston. Well, Kendall spent a little time in Houston, left Houston and went to the White Sox and is back with Houston. They just uh, the White Sox just traded him back to Houston. Uh, for a uh, for a catcher um, but you're right that's the thing when certain players you don't know if somebody's coming in is going to have an impact on the clubhouse negative or positive and uh, and like Graveman a negative impact on that uh, you know so as we walk through this um, you know of teams trying to get better the Blue Jays trying to when you you think about it every team in the American League East Is in the playoff race. Yes. And so there are a lot of talk about Boston. Boston made a couple of moves. We'll talk about one of them here in a little bit. um, The next segment. But uh, they didn't really make any big moves. As their GM said, we're we're not going to make moves just to make moves. So they did what they needed to. But nothing else seemed to materialize. They basically kind of stand pat with where they were. The Blue Jays, on the other hand, do. Get somebody that the Dodgers had uh, possibly targeted uh, during the talks. Uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, pitcher, ends up going to Toronto, and uh, which is good for them because they had just placed uh, uh, their closer on the uh, on the IL. And since we're talking about Blue Jays being on the IL, looks like. They went. The Blue Jays went to the well once again with the Cardinals, and got Paul DeYoung after Bo Bichette comes up lame coming around uh, coming around first base uh, game the other night, and uh, they were able to uh, get somebody to come in and play. In the meantime, they don't know how bad it is. Uh, they don't think it's as bad as it seemed, but no idea if he'll be on the IL or how that's going to affect him. But they didn't fool around. They went out and got a replacement for him.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they knew what they win. needed. And yeah, e- exactly. Um, they're like, okay, he's most likely going to be on the wheel. So, how do we remedy this right now? Because it didn't mm-hmm. look good when he came up. So, but uh, yeah, so they get uh, Paul Young and some cash from the Cardinals, and they give away a right-handed pitcher. Um, in Matt (laughs) Swanson and, uh, not too bad. So he's in the minors, but you know, that's the Cardinals were not, you know, made it known that they weren't, you know, they were probably sellers and they get somebody they can put in their farm system and, uh, go from there. So yeah, that was a good move for the, for the Blue Jays.
1: And then, uh. The Cardinals also traded uh, Jordan Montgomery, another one that the Dodgers were supposedly looking at. Thing is, though, those two pitchers that we just talked about were um, also connected in with a potential deal for Nolan Arenado, maybe. Right. You know, that obviously didn't happen, but uh, because that would have been the biggest thing right there (laughs) had they done that.
0: If that had happened, that would have been... Yeah, that would have, I guess, won the trade <laughs> deadline.
1: Yeah, that would have been huge. Now, it, it also leads, and we'll ask these questions when we talk about, we're not we're going to overlook what's going on with the Dodgers and the Angels. We'll talk more about their moves during their segments. Um, but when you hear some of these moves, it makes you wonder, where were these teams, knowing what they needed, especially with the Dodgers in pitching right now? Well, yeah, every team in pitching, but since we – Focus on the Dodgers and the Angels. How does it affect them? Um, Aaron Savali, who was with Cleveland, ends up going to Tampa. And uh, helps with the, you know, they've got a great pitching staff, but it's falling apart. You got guys on the um, the IL. Tyler Glass now just had a pretty good outing the other day. Plus, I hear he's sensational in uh, in his new movie, Oppenheimer. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, so there's, it's just, how does that work? Well, now Cleveland, they got back a minor leaguer. That's what they're looking for. People that they don't necessarily have to play now, but the, and it's easy for the teams in the central didn't really make any big AL central didn't really make any big moves because they're all so close. It, it, you know, anybody, anybody could end up winning this, even if they did, you know, trade off some of their top players. Um, The Diamondbacks picked up uh, Paul Seawald, reliever from the Mariners, sent off three infielders uh, to them and uh, helps. They need pitching. They've had pitching issues Uh, that helped. Um, Mark Canna, who was rumored maybe as a Dodger Uh, pick up along with, along with, uh, uh, Tommy Pham, um, Mark Canna goes to the Brewers.
0: Yeah, that was a surprise for me to, uh, I know he is, um, he's going to be a free agent, but I don't know. I thought maybe the Mets would just kind of hold on to him because he's going to be a free agent. Just let him play out the season. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be a Brewer in milwaukee and uh you know and he's not he's you know batting what 245 he's got six home runs so
1: not too bad they need they need people to come in and he's a uh, he's a veteran he's uh he's a good you know he's a, he can be a solid player so they uh they went they got they got him to help uh, solidify some spots give him a little depth Uh, A guy that I mentioned early on about uh, somebody should be watching for him, whether it be the Angels or the Dodgers, Heimer Candelario uh, out of uh, the Nationals, off the Nationals, is a Cub.
0: Yes, a Cub. And the thing, he's a switch hitter, and he was on a one year, $5 million contract with the Nationals. Uh, So he gets an upgrade as a player because now he's with a team that is, you know, fighting for a wild card. And um uh, you know, he's uh I, he's going to be I think uh, with the Cubs, they need uh they've had some guys on the on on the wheel um and especially at that in that infield. So, you know, if if I don't know if he just plays third base or if he can just play they can slot him anywhere. He played
1: first base as well, I've heard. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so that could be a good that'd be a good pickup for the Cubs. Uh, old friend AJ Pollock uh, is a Giant. Yeah, you know it's weird how former Dodgers, not all of them, but he joins a lot of his former teammates, Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, Jock Peterson, uh, in uh, orange and black up in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of uh, relievers. There too, that, yeah. Uh, that were up there, so you know what that does for the Nationals, how much that really makes Pollock's not having a great year, but. Once again, solid uh, veteran who can provide some depth, maybe come up big in a pinch hitting uh, spot. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot there and they are, you know, too, at this point, uh, you know, in the. Um, in the wild card, uh, San Francisco is um, is the top. They're a half game in front of Philadelphia and Cincinnati in the three wild card spots. Um, so, uh, you know, they're right there. Arizona's right on the outside looking in. But they're both like within, you know, half game, a game of each other. And they flip flopped throughout the uh throughout the last few weeks when they've been playing each other quite a bit so um, as of the weekend both of them were only a half game out of i'm sorry three games out san francisco three games out of first place and arizona four games out of first place with the dodgers at the top like i said there was a few other moves that really weren't anything huge um, as far as like uh you know some some lower na- level uh names you know the reds uh Picked up a pitcher from the A's for a pitcher, trying to make little things strengthen it up for a run. And then, uh, like I so said, we talked about the two big things: the Braves, who were in on, or rumored to be in on Scherzer, Verlander, all the big pitchers because they've had pitching issues as well. Uh, they pick up Brad Hand uh, in uh, from the Rockies, and uh, you know he's been a decent reliever through the years. His ninth yeah. team. Uh, that he's uh, he's played with. So they picked him up.
0: Um, yeah, he's one of those guys that you're like, I thought he played for that team. Well, he did, but now he <laughs> plays for the other team. He a
1: Philly? Yeah, right. that was like three teams ago, though. <laughs> That's like, right. Can't keep up with him. No. Uh, and then uh, some last-minute deals uh, on trade deadline day. One that uh, part of it surprised me. The other part I had been saying we should go get him. Rich Hill will be leaving the Pirates. He and uh, and my favorite, G-Man Choi, which I'm a little upset about this because they're going to the Padres.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing. When I saw the two, I was like, really? To, the, to any other team but the Padres. Uh, yeah, Rich Hill, oldest player in Major League Baseball, 43 years old. Uh, but... He can cover innings. I mean, he's he's got a four point seven six ERA, and a uh, hundred and nineteen innings are the second most thrown by a Pirate starter this season. So he is the workhorse. He could be the workhorse of your rotation.
1: Yeah, he can. Uh, forty forty one years old. He's uh, forty two, whatever he is. Forty three. Forty three. See, he's, he's the still oldest doing it.
0: player. Yeah. Oldest player. Major League Baseball. Portlanders
1: right behind him. Right. Forty one.
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's the only thing uh, is those two now have to be in brown and gold. But yeah, but we'll, well be able to see them uh,
1: more often,
0: more often. <laughs> well, I like
1: G-Man Choi. I hate to see him in that. I, I preferred the black and the gold. Or...
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah.
1: And so another guy who was talked a lot and uh, about and tied to the Dodgers briefly as well, Michael Lorenzen. He ends up in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, that's a surprise to me. I really, I thought if... I didn't think that the Dodgers, and I know we're going to talk about them in this segment, but I didn't think that they would um, get like, you know, when I know they weren't going to go after Scherzer, I didn't think that Verlander, but I was thinking, I thought Michael Lorenzen would be a good fit on, for the Dodgers rotation. Mm-hmm. But instead um, he goes to Philadelphia. We had heard Baltimore was also Um, interested but he ends up in Philly
1: well since you brought up Baltimore Baltimore uh, on a last minute deal picks up another Cardinal pitcher that was shipped out in Jack Flaherty and uh, the Cardinals definitely in need of pitching and uh, he's a good guy for them he's pitched well uh, for the Cardinals and uh, he's got some good experience and so definitely um, a good pickup for them the Brewers Pick up Andrew Chafin from the D-backs for in a pitcher for a pitcher deal.
0: Now, what lake is there? A lake near Milwaukee, or a body of water that he can live on a houseboat? Doesn't he? Didn't he live on a houseboat? Yeah, Andrew he did. Chaffin? When he got
1: to the A's, he was like yeah. looking for a houseboat. <laughs> well, the Great Lakes are right up. Right,
0: there that that's way. what I was thinking. So maybe. <laughs> So I
1: don't know specifically, you know, where how, how far he would have to be from Milwaukee to to a body of water. But, right, uh, we we'll have to do a little research <laughs> on that. We'll have to do a deep dive.
0: Yeah, uh, the Yankees were pretty quiet, but we did hear a lot of chatter because we thought, you know, maybe the Yankees would. Um, Possibly, you know, they would trade this guy, trade that guy. And uh, none of that really came to fruition. Um, yeah, there was all the talk about like Isaiah
1: kiner falafel or uh, right, or uh, Harrison Bader because they're, Harrison. they're um they're free agents at the end of the year and stuff like that. but,
0: yeah, but they ended up um on uh, on the trade deadline, getting. Uh right-handed pitcher Kenyon uh Kenyan Middleton. Keenan. Uh, Keenan. I always say it the wrong way. Keenan. Yeah,
1: because of the way it's spelled, spelled and spelled, yeah. Uh
0: from the White Sox. Because the White Sox pretty much they were selling everyone, it seemed. <laughs> they were they I had heard and read uh they were willing to talk about anyone but Luis Robert. Right. And, uh, I, to be honest, I was really hoping Dylan Cease, <laughs> and they were willing to talk about it until trade deadline. And then, and then they ran they out of said, time. No. They, there was no more time. They, they said, ran no. out of time
1: and the, uh, and nobody Dylan C stays in Chicago. Another name that, uh, we were thinking was going to, um, going to move was er- Eduardo Rodriguez from the tigers. Right. And, Honestly, uh, most people are like, why why wouldn't you want to play where he was potentially going to be traded to? And that was the Dodgers. The deal was done between the Tigers and the Dodgers, but they
0: forgot one little pesky detail. Yeah, he had a no trade clause with 10 teams. And one of those 10 teams was the Dodgers. And he invoked that. And is not going to be in L.A., which I'm just like, I've come on. You want, in your career, you get to wear Dodger blue. Come on. What's better than that? But he said he wanted to stay on the East Coast. I hate to break it to him. Or close to family on the East Coast. Detroit is not on the East Coast. But I guess it puts him closer to the yeah, East Coast. Yeah,
1: there is that, <laughs> depending on where they're at. Or maybe he was hoping that if he got traded, it would be
0: Right. Yes.
1: But that doesn't work. And um, it kind of, you know, we got questions about that, but he's one Dylan Cease, of course, is one that doesn't go anywhere uh, that we kind of expected other moves that came in at the end. Josh Bell leaves the Guardians and heads to Miami. Uh, The closer for the Padres, I mean, for the Royals goes to the Padres, Scott Barlow. Will actually end up being a setup man, more in the middle, sixth or seventh guy, um, with Josh Hader not going anywhere, which we expected. Uh, we expected him to go somewhere. Padres mm-hmm. also get um, Garrett Cooper from the Marlins, so they've got they've got some more bats there. I just wonder where they're all, you know, where these guys are all going to play.
0: Yeah, that's always a question for me, especially, you now. I always think that there are some players. Uh, trades that are done before because you everyone kind of knows the trade deadline as you get closer to it, the more deals. So, I always think some of these players, not all, but some of them, you think, well, maybe they're getting them now to be used as part of a trade package. Maybe, right. but well, that's um, good
1: if you get them early, but not if, on the day.
0: No, not on the day, <laughs> it doesn't work, that doesn't work well. Uh, yeah, but to see the Marlins are they're another one that, you know, they are making some moves because they're in that wild card hunt. Uh, the Marlins are getting Ryan Weathers, who is a left handed pitcher, and we've seen him start. I think most recently he's been out of the bullpen. Uh, so we'll see, you know, what, what will the Marlins do with him? Where will they put him in a road? You know, will he be in the rotation? Will be the bullpen? I don't know.
1: And then just to go back to this Josh Bell deal,
0: Mm -hmm. the guardians
1: get, uh, Gene Segura. Yeah. And they get Khalil Watson and, uh, what Khalil Watson is, um, one of the top, uh, prospects in the, or was in the Marlin system becomes a huge prospect for the guardians. Gene Segura is going to be released immediately. Yeah. They'll just pay him out and move on. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's what happened pretty much cross board. Yeah. There was a bunch of smaller moves. And if you're a fan of, you know, whatever fan your team, you're a fan of, you'll probably know more uh, when you look at, uh, you know, what your team did. Cause there's like I said, there's a bunch of small ones that weren't anything huge. Nothing um, huge. Yeah. You know, the big ones we know were just the exodus out of uh, New York, the New York Mets fire sale, uh, retooling, whatever. And the fact that Steve Cohen, um, Cohen uh, I think, learned that uh, just ha- because you have all the money doesn't mean uh, if you spend it dumbly, <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, and they they really should have had a better team for the money that they spent. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Again, I think it goes back to instead of just collecting players, you're cultivating a team. You're not collecting. You're cultivating. I think that's the issue with the Mets right now. Uh, San Francisco did make, you know, little moves, but really not a whole lot. Um, Some thought that they might be – but they seem to be – and, again, we don't know. Everybody seemed to be in on, like, the bigger names – Um, But they're in a wild card hunt, too. But they were pretty quiet. Um, And, of course, you know, the A's, what are they going to do? There's not a lot there. Uh, And twins, didn't see anything really with the twins. Nothing, you know, but but during the trade or during All-Star, you heard, you know, maybe some names from the twins coming up. That maybe they were interested in, you know, maybe somebody could be traded here or there. Um, I even thought I heard possibly Kentamaida would it? I there. had
1: heard that too, yeah. But
0: so, but no, nothing came to fruition.
1: And to clarify, because I should have known this, Milwaukee also, along with Chicago, sits on Lake Michigan. You could get a houseboat in Milwaukee Bay.
0: Yes. Why did I? Did, I knew. I was I, like I don't
1: even know why I thought Lake that it was Michigan. a little more inland or something, but it's right there. Right.
0: That's what I was thinking, but it's not. I mean, it's like what 90 minutes from Chicago on by, like, like train or something, you know, or
1: Right. Yeah, I think even driving.
0: Yeah. It's
1: really so. close and you can uh drive right up there. You can take a boat. Chicago to Milwaukee.
0: Oh, see? There you go. He's yeah. I wonder does that when obviously you know, he's going to be traded and he doesn't, you know, unless he has some kind of no trade clause or something like that, he doesn't really get a say, but maybe in his contract, he could put needs to be by a body of water close, you know, that kind of thing.
1: It's time
0: for Dodger baseball. It's time to take a look at
1: what uh, the Dodgers did or didn't do. But uh, before we talk about their, um, their trade deadline action, because they did make some moves. They were involved. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened uh, during their uh, during their week. They came out of last week pretty successful. Uh, they won all three of the series we talked about, uh, only losing the final game of each series, uh, thanks to Austin Barnes, apparently. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, a lot of people would think that the Dodgers... Were, were not as active as people wanted them to be during the trade deadline or during the trade season, as it were. Somebody put up a pretty funny meme of uh, Andrew Friedman that said, uh, well, the, the market for Austin Barnes didn't open up like we thought it would.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, the trade value
1: wasn't there. <laughs> you know, we just couldn't see that working out. So anyway, uh, the Dodgers... Uh, Honestly, not really sure
0: how to describe this week other than, I don't know, disaster? Uh, yeah, they're four and six on the week. And we talked about that pattern that you mentioned, win two games, lose the third game. This time around, it was win a uh, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. So the Dodgers need to get out of patterns. They don't need any patterns <laughs> because it needs to be Win win win, uh, because you've got now they you know Arizona San Francisco haven't been playing that great San Francisco a little bit better but um, Arizona has been playing that great but you can't always count on that to be like that's your and we still can't write off the Dregs right and so, right exactly and the Dodgers have a I think it's a four game. Uh, is it four game or just a weekend series um, with the Padres coming up? But yeah, in this, this week or this, you know, last week with the Dodgers, four and six, uh, Blue Jays came into town. They lose the first game in Zinnings, uh, 11, 11 innings there. Uh, Dalton Barshow, who used to play for Arizona and, He uh I told you he knew the he knows the pitching and he was ready. (laughs) When the Angels
1: played the Blue Jays, I said the unsung hero for this Blue Jays team Dalton Bar show. You did he was the key pickup. Yeah. And think about it, he's doing that. George Springer's like 0 for 50 something.
0: George Springer has been, was the leadoff, and he has been moved in the lineup to like maybe fit. I think he's batting fifth or sixth now. So, because of that. So, yeah, in this game, uh, Dalton Barshow, he hits a tie breaking two run double, and uh, Toronto ends up beating the Dodgers six to three. Uh, Springer was 0 for six in that game. Yeah. If that
1: tells you that he was leading off
0: and he was leading off, but then they moved him down the, down the batting lineup. Uh, Michael Grove was pitching that night and, uh, you know, four and two thirds innings gives up eight hits, two runs has six strikeouts, but. Before the fifth inning, um, or I guess it was, yeah, before the fifth inning, the Blue Jays asked the umpires to check the spot on his leg. Um, and it looked like dirt on his pant leg. And it was, it was dirt and rosin and, you know, sweat was just where he was wiping his hand. But the Blue Jays said, hey, you need to check it. He uh, talked to the umpire. But he voluntarily went and changed his pants just because he didn't want to have any, you know, anything be suspect for the rest of the game. And of course, there were people that were like, he needed to be thrown out and he needed, but it was dirt. You could see it was dirt. It wasn't. And you could see where he was wiping, you know, because he sweats a lot on the mound. I mean, I don't know if it's just because he sweats or if it's a nervous sweat, and because he always looks nervous to me when he pitches. So we still have Michael Grove. He was one I was hoping that would be in a trade package deal somewhere, but he's not, and so we gotta we gotta go with that. Yep. Phil Bickford uh, pitched an inning, gave up two hits, the three runs. Um, he lost. he was the loser in the game, and uh yeah, we'll talk about the trades here, but and what happened with him. uh Max Muncie, Jason Hayward both had home runs in that game. and but see, that's the first game they lose. Second game, go zinnings. they Again. win. Again, <laughs> they win eight to seven. uh Dodgers. I mean, it looked like they were going to lose. They were going to get their third straight loss, but,
1: um, it, it, you know, it's four runs it. in the bottom of the ninth to tie everything yes. up. And then they were able to take advantage of getting a run in the bottom of the 10th. that took that. I mean, aside from, um, yeah, I mean, there were, it, it was a big night. Bo Bichette, four for six with a home run in that game. And uh, they, they just got a lot of offense. Yeah.
0: Um, that they and can
1: throw out there and. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh James Outman hit that double, scored Chris Taylor, and then in the 10th, uh, Will Smith had a diving tag to get Kevin Kiermaier out at home plate. Um so the and that was nice too because both Chris Taylor and Will Smith kind of had they had had some of their own bobbles beforehand. <laughs> defensively, so they made up for it, and the Dodgers win that game 8-7. to In that game, Julio Urias is pitching six innings, gives up eight hits, uh, three runs, walks two, strikes out five, and a home run. He's still—I don't know where Julio went, um, though Julio we know and love, but he needs to come back because he's— He's not doing it. And as you mentioned, you know, he's going to be free agent next year. You really want to showcase, right? Your, your talents. And, you
1: want to have a monster year.
0: Yeah. He's not doing that. Um, also in this game, I'm going to mention Justin Brule. He pitched uh one, I think it was one inning, gives up two hits, three runs and three walks. So just remember those names, Phil Bickford, Justin Brule. Uh, but yeah, so the Dodgers win that game, and then we go into an afternoon game at Chavez Ravine, and the Dodgers lose. Yes, Dodgers lose eight to one. Uh,
1: George Springer back up, and the leadoff spot goes 0 for (laughs) four, and it doesn't matter. The rest of the team picked it up. Bo Bichette, three for five. Uh, Vladdy Jr., two for five with uh, scoring two runs. How about Whit Merrifield?
0: Oh, yeah. Two for four, four RBIs, two runs scored. And, you know, he hit 462. uh, He was six for 12 with a home run, four RBIs in the series alone. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he... (laughs) That's all you need to know about that game um, other than, <laughs> well, we'll mention pitching well, because it's, it's still an issue. Tony Gonsolin, five innings, seven hits, uh, five runs, gives up five runs, three walks, only strikes out five and gives up a home run. I don't know. Austin Barnes was, uh, yeah, he was pitching. He was catching. <laughs> Maybe we need him to pitch. He was catching that day. Yeah. Um, another loss in the books.
1: Yeah, they just they couldn't do anything. They had it, but they did have eight hits. They yep. were one for ten with runners in scoring position. Yeah. That right there says it all. They struck out twelve times.
0: Twelve times. I day. think the only extra base hit that I saw, I think, was Chris Taylor who had a double. Right. That's it. So you can't do much. Luckily for the Dodgers The Blue Jays had other
1: places to go. Yes. And so the Jays leave town, but... And they get a day off. But now they have Ellie De La Cruz Mm -hmm. and the upstart Cincinnati Reds, along with uh, Joey Votto, among others, and a bunch of rookies that are all playing like there's no tomorrow.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... It's crazy to watch um, De La Cruz play. I mean, he runs the bases in, what, like, less than 10 seconds. I mean. (laughs) He, like, transports. Yeah. He just, it's amazing. And then Joey Votto uh, had, you know, was having himself uh, a good series in this first game. Dodgers, what are they going to do? They're going to lose because that's the pattern. But, I mean, they lose 6-5. to five. They do try to come back. They tried. But it didn't happen.
1: Well, a few doubles uh, uh, during the game, but nothing really to to speak of. Um, Bobby Miller only goes 5 in that game, gives up three runs on six hits, but does strike out six, gave up a home run, and it just seems like every time you look at the box score, the Dodgers list of pitchers is always about five or six long.
0: Yeah, I don't know of any. I'm trying to think when's the last time a Dodgers pitcher went seven innings. It's
1: been a while. Yeah. Kershaw, I, probably.
0: Probably Kershaw. Yeah, it has to be. That's the only one I can think of. So, yeah, I mean, you can't, you got to have the offense. And I think for the most part, the Dodgers do. I mean, that last game with the Reds was not indicative of that. But you got to have pitching. And when you're only going, you know, your starters are only going five, six innings, some less, you know, Grove usually doesn't even make it to five. Um, So. Yeah, it just uh yeah, it was
1: uh it was Bobby Miller and Yancy Almonte who were uh, who gave up all the runs. Um Phil Bickford, two thirds of an inning, gives up uh nothing inherited three runners from Almonte, none of them score. Um over the month of July, had a ERA of one point five six. Yeah. But yeah, it ends up being once again. Uh, You know, De La Cruz just won for four on the day. It was, uh, you know, it was other guys, Matt McClain, Jake Fraley, um, Spencer Steer, uh, some other names that have been coming up big uh, for the Reds through the season. Uh, Those are the guys that did most of the damage.
0: Brings us to the second game, which the Dodgers win. And they went three to two, and it really... The only thing you need to know, Max Muncy. That's it. It was a Max Muncy show. Two for three, three RBIs, hit two home runs. That was including, it. The <laughs> including
1: the go-ahead.
0: Including uh, the go-ahead. Emmett Sheehan is on the mound, five innings, um, only gives up two hits, uh, no runs, obvious. Uh, doesn't give up any runs. Um, walks one, five Ks, no home runs. So, you know, okay, that's something. And, um. <laughs> This guy named Joe Kelly got the win for the Dodgers that day. Yeah. Mariachi Joe is back.
1: We'll, and we'll, had a we'll nice reception. the details of his return, but uh, definitely wanted to bring that up, that, uh, that the pout is back. Yes. <laughs> All right. We go to the last one of the series. It's a Sunday wrap-up game. Yeah, we don't need
0: to talk about this game, I don't think.
1: Um, All right, well, <laughs> let's just let's just put it this way: um, Jake Fraley, three for four; Joey Votto, two for four with a home run. Oh, and rookie sensation Ellie De La Cruz, four for five with a home run. And after the game, declared that he was born, <laughs> that it was his town. Los That's- Angeles is his town. He was born in L.A. <laughs> I don't know if he there's a Los Angeles Dominican Republic. It Mary may well be, I. <laughs> but uh, he said, "Yeah, he was there." The guy who was interviewing him was like, "Are you pulling my chain?" That's the words he used. "Are you pulling my chain?" The said, "No, no, for reals." No. As okay. <laughs> far as he's concerned, and uh, you know, if you don't know any better, you might as well just believe it because he played like he owned. It.
0: He did. And Joey Votto hit a home run and the guys in the bullpen had a crazy, cause it, the ball went right in the bullpen. Uh, they were jumping up and down. One guy took his shirt off. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were going nuts. It was nine to nothing. Dodgers couldn't do anything in that game. Uh, Michael Grove, six, he did go six innings, gave up 10 hits, eight runs, three home runs. Did get 10 strikeouts, so you know, got the jumbo jacks. But uh as uh our Howard Cole said, um, if he is auditioning to be the home run derby pitcher, he has won the job.
1: Yep. Uh just Freddie Freeman two for three. Hey, cuz had a hit. Yeah. Just after over the last few weeks, he's been hitting like one fifty something. So yeah, that uh, Max Muncy for a while there hit over 300 and had six home runs. I mean, he was kind of showing, I think, the maybe the trade talk for Arenado kind uh, of, I, I, I got to pick this up. I got to do something. Well, this game, uh, the trade talk must have been gone because Max did zero. Uh, only struck out once, though. In four plate appearances,
0: yeah, and in this series, I mean, he was 0 for three in the first game, had the two for three game, and then, as you mentioned, 0 for four again. So, Dodgers can't have a lose-win lose. This could be win-win-win. So,
1: with that, the Dodgers, just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on, by the time you hear this, Will have played Oakland are actually. By the time you hear this, they have one more game left with the A's. So what's the cure is beating up on lesser teams. And the Dodgers sometimes have issues with that. I know. So <laughs> let's hope <laughs> that they have no problems beating the A's at home. And then they got a wraparound with the Podreggs, uh Friday through Monday series. That's right. Uh, and then, uh, and then the next time that they'll see the Dregs, they'll have three more games left with them after that. But that's not till uh, mid September. Uh, so, but in order to not allow the Dregs to get any, make any uh, move on them, they need to sweep them and keep them in their place.
0: Yeah, definitely for that. And then the Dodgers, so they're going to be in San Diego for, you know, at Petco Park for those games. And then they head to Arizona for two games against the Diamondbacks, which are pivotal games for them. They got to win those games. Those two Yeah, games. it's, they a, have it's to six win.
1: games in a row that they really need to, yeah. um, to win. Yep. So they can't, can't be fooling around with that. They need to be no. right on top of that. So let's talk about trades real quick with them. Um, the biggest thing that we saw was that the Dodgers pretty much fell flat on a couple of trades that we thought were going to happen. We already talked about Eduardo Rodriguez and that I think they they pushed for that too much. And I think they were really deep in on Verlander.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, you had you had said this um to me about that. They, I think, I think you just said it too. putting all their eggs in one basket and they really focused on, we got to get this guy when they, there were other, everybody needed pitching. That was the theme of this trade deadline. Uh, pitching was King. Uh, but who, who did the everybody Dodgers
1: knew that the Dodgers had the most. Yes. They could get whoever they wanted.
0: Right. So, s-
1: so we thought.
0: So, exactly. So we thought. Again, mentioned, knew the Dodgers weren't going to go after Scherzer. He's been there, done that. We don't want to see him again. Verlander, yeah, but. Pursued not. him
1: in the offseason, lost right. out to the Mets. Yep. And apparently, he didn't want to come back here. As far as we know, I would think that we would have had the better package, as a as the Dodgers would have had the better package than the Asterix. Mm-hmm. The Asterix sent their best, who would only be number six in the Dodgers' uh, minor system, minor league system. You know, it just there's just well, there's just a I, lot that could have been I, done and uh, and didn't get done.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think. The Dodgers, a lot also we need to focus, too. I think there was a lot of focus on Nolan Arenado, that trade uh, possibility. And I think with the Dodgers, they've always had a really – that's one of the things about the Dodgers organization is from top to bottom, they've always had a really good system, their farm system in place, always. And the Cardinals, while it would have been cool, I'm not saying to see um, Arenado um, playing third base, but the Cardinals wanted James Outman. They wanted Bobby Miller. They wanted Emmett Sheehan. You know, they wanted so much that I think the Dodgers had to back off from that. And really, the talk of Arenado, Why? I mean, I know Max is at third, um, not great all the time. Obviously, having a platinum uh, glove winner, (laughs) Uh, you know, what, 10-time gold glove, whatever, Um, amazing defensively, not bad offensively, obviously probably hitting a lot better than Max this year, maybe not in the home run department. But I just felt like there was a lot of talk about that, and it really just felt like it's not going to happen. So, why are we spending so much energy on this when we really need pitching and there's pitching to be had? So, I would have, if the White Sox were interested in even just talking about a possible trade for Dylan Cease, what did they want? Um, Was it kind of you know, out there. And if it was, then that's maybe why the Dodgers pulled back. But at the same time, you're in first place. And at the end of the day, you give yourself, you, you give yourself a grade for your trade, the trade deadline D.
1: Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe, uh, maybe. An so F.
1: <laughs> let's talk about what they did pick up. Um, Kike is back in Dodger blue, uh, really as far as like, what is he really going to, um, bring to the team other than being a great cheerleader. And he is very versatile. Yes. He's not, he's, he's, you know, he's only batting with Boston.
0: Yeah, he is not. And he had said, you know, he was in his last year of his contract with the Red Sox. Uh, he knew coming to the Dodgers, which he is just excited. he, You know, he told the reporters uh, he was in the uh, batting cages when he uh, found out and he said, I'm going home. So he's excited about the trade and the Dodger fans are, too. He's always been a fan favorite, uh, but he knew. Before he left, when he signed with the Red Sox, he wanted to play every day. Now he's coming back and he says, I know I'm not in a position to ask to play every day, so I'm going to play. Where they need me, how they want me, and we know he can pitch.
1: Right, so he can do that <laughs> as well. Uh, they also they they made a couple of moves quick, and you wondered what was going on, what they were setting up for. This one, I think, just was an awesome move. It didn't matter who they got back, because they were able to instead of just releasing or DFAing Noah Syndergaard, and taking a huge loss. They were able to trade him to Cleveland and uh and get a another utility player, which the Dodgers love so much, and a Mad Rosario, uh, who can play shortstop, he can play left field. So in that in the first two moves, they get two guys who are great utility guys, play with Chris Taylor. So now Chris Taylor's knee gets a little sore, he doesn't have to, he can set out. It you know, it helps with uh with that. Uh so but the bigger part of that deal was getting Syndegaard out because he was a failed experiment. We all know it. And I think Noah knew it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that one was. So I said F, but I think I, I'll put it back up to a D for that trade because we got rid of Noah Syndergaard. Uh Yeah, I mean, he had a 716 ERA, 12 starts. He was on the he hadn't pitched since June. Because uh, he had a blister, and uh, he was supposed to go do a rehab start, and uh, then he got traded. So,
1: well, yeah, he had he had pitched a couple of them, had one more. Oh,
0: that's right, he did. And, he had one uh, more, yeah.
1: and then uh, and then they traded him. But yeah, uh, uh, you know, we'll talk next week. He made his debut in Cleveland, uh, so we'll talk next week, and we'll bring up uh, how. Noah looked there. Uh, the other, probably the biggest move of the whole trade deadline. They a the, the Dodgers did get two pitchers. And then on trade deadline day, they got another one that could be a starter. He can be a reliever, but from the white Sox they picked up. Nope, not Dylan cease. They picked up Lance Lynn, who really fits in with the group. That's there because other than, uh, Clayton, he's got a high ERA, gives up a lot of home runs. His strikeouts, though, he does average 10 strikeouts per game. So at the minimum, we're looking at maybe Jumbo Jacks every time he pitches.
0: Jumbo Jacks, fan favorite. He's going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, he's 6-9, six and nine, uh, six, four, 6.47 ERA in 119 through two-thirds innings this season. It's been rough for him, but he is a veteran and...
1: Now, some of those numbers—the two numbers that we're going with, the wins and losses, and the and the ERA—can be affected by the defense. And and we True. know that the White Sox have been a terrible team this year. Yeah. So that could be that. We'll see if him being, um, you know, the veteran that he is, being in a new place, can the Dodgers work a little magic with him? Uh, they also picked up. Signor Mariachi, yep, Joe (laughs) Kelly, he is back with the Dodgers and uh, made us wonder if they were going to go get uh, Justin Turner. You know, maybe they could have brought A.J. Pollock back instead of him going to the Giants. Uh, Kinley, just get the band back together.
0: Yeah. Jocelyn? (laughs) Yes, we could have got Jocelyn, got them all. But Uh, instead,
1: they do another time where they, they actually get rid of somebody who they would have had him made a decision on so that he gets a chance to still go and play, and that's Trace Thompson. Um, after playing so well and uh, coming through for him, he was playing poorly, then he got injured, and I don't even know if he's
0: come off of the injured he list. He was on the 60-day IL, um, so I don't know. Uh, he goes back to the White Sox, the team that drafted him, so, yeah, I mean, best of luck to Trace. He's always I've always liked him because I think he's always he's one of those guys that, you know, you can always tell he's he really wants he wants to do. I'm not saying that guys don't want to do well, but he just always seems to. And it's probably because he's he hasn't been with the one team, you know, and had where he could just play several seasons with one team. He's been everywhere. So. But, yeah, he was on the 60 day IL. Uh, with an oblique injury. And then finally,
1: uh, the other pitcher they pick up is somebody that we saw play versus the Dodgers uh, with Tampa Bay, and that's Ryan Yarbrough. We get him in a last-minute deal from the Royals, uh, so that way they can clear out a little more space so they can make a run at Otani uh, in the offseason. You know, sorry. the Royals were actually, uh, had talked to Miami a few times about sending Salvador Perez, but nothing... Really happy, yeah, Yeah.
0: that's right. I did, I did hear that. Uh, and then, uh, I mentioned in you know during this segment, I mentioned Phil Bickford and Justin Brule. Uh, on trade deadline day, the Mets get Phil Bickford and a guy that we've seen before, haven't seen, I don't think we've seen him this season, Adam Kalerick. Nope. Uh, from the Dodgers. Uh, and I think maybe for some cash, uh, it was thrown in. So uh, well, I think it was
1: cash considerations. I don't think that the <laughs> Dodgers got anything in return.
0: No, but these just guys the have been, Bill had yes. been
1: DFA'd. He was released. Yes. Um, so he hadn't cleared waivers yet. So, and even when you get to that point, it's trade release
0: mm-hmm. or,
1: or accept an outright assignment uh, to like Oklahoma city or whatever. Um, and so they're able to trade them, get a little money from the Mets. These guys get to play. Phil Bickford's had, it had a great month. I
0: he mean, is. He's a good pitcher. And I, I was, when I saw that he had been DFA'd and I know he, they, it was to make room for, for Lynn and Kelly. Um, but I'm looking at the bullpen and I'm thinking, mm, I don't know if I, you know, is he the one, but you know, I, I. Or did they just look at his last, you know, couple of start, you know, not starts, but I think where overall. he came in, but yeah, overall, and he hasn't you know, been based on what they had. He great. doesn't
1: fit into this mix of what we've got going on. Yeah. It's gone. Justin Brule ends up with the Rockies for cash as well. So they yep. can build up a, a little bit of a war chest because we do know that the big thing for the Dodgers is Trevor Bauer comes off the books at the end of the season yes all of that money plus whatever else they can save and uh, whoever else isn't going to be around that they might let go for their run at Shohei
0: yeah I think you know every time I see
1: they need to not be tunnel vision on that yeah tells me that the better the Angels play throughout even if they don't make the playoffs if they finish strong I don't think Shohei's going anywhere.
0: Yeah, no, I think Shohei's... That's my
1: bold prediction.
0: All right. I mean, I I would love to see Shohei in Dodger blue, uh, but I don't know. Uh, We're going to see. I think he likes where he's at. He has good relationships with his teammates. Uh, You can see that in the dugout. And he seems like the type of guy that he feels comfortable there he likes to play with them with them he's going to stay.
1: There was but talks I don't about know. Japanese players. Yes. Tend to be the ones who stay with a team.
0: Yeah, Ichiro I think there's did a it. Loyalty. He didn't
1: he didn't leave. They traded him. That's how he became a Yankee instead of a right. Mariner. Um, yeah. you know, I'm sure Kenta Maeda would have stayed a Dodger as long as they let him. Mhm. That's a guy who I wish that uh, the Angels would have looked uh, into as well. I would love to have K- I love Kenta yeah. Um, all right. So now the question is: We got two months now. What happens? Do the Dodgers stay in first? Do the Dodgers become a wild card team? What is going to happen? Uh, too many, too many games. And like I said, we've got uh, the Dregs, and uh, they've got quite a few games coming up versus, uh, you know, the Giants, the Dregs. The Diamondbacks,
0: yeah, the Rockies, even. Uh, yeah. That,
1: um, you well, know, they could, could cause play this. Some problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, they can play a spoiler. The Dodgers lose, you know, but Diamondbacks win, Dragons win their games or whatever, you know, Giants win. Um, the one thing I don't like is, you know, Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw's on the IL, has been. They keep telling. They say, oh, it looks like middle of August now. But nobody will say really what's going on. He was interviewed one of my favorite when they do the Kershaw interview during the game with uh, on Sportsnet LA, and he was like, "Well, I just listen. You know, everything feels good. I feel good, but I just listen to what they're telling me." But then I see pictures of him because he has he and his wife run a foundation, in Kershaw's Challenge. And he hosts a ping pong, uh, charity event every year. And he's he and Austin Barnes are in the finals against Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And he's you know swinging a ping pong paddle. Um, different,
1: different motion.
0: I guess so, but different still, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: We'll see. Uh, Maybe there's more
0: to it than we know. Well, and that's the thing, though. The Dodgers never come out and they never say the full story. Uh, Julio Arias. We're like, oh, he had, um, you know, something to do with his finger, his index finger, uh, something to do with his nail. You know, we hear crack nail and now we hear, oh, no. Yeah, there's something going on with his finger, but nobody says anything. And now he's He's slated to start uh, against the Padres in this in the series, but he's gonna throw bullpen first. So if he doesn't do well in the bullpen game, does he start? And so then you're looking back at the Dodgers, you know, the front office, and saying, Where why where, where are these pitchers that we that we needed or we need? Uh, where did they go because they're not Dodgers, but we'll see. So that'll be, we'll see how the Dodgers do um, against the A's. Cause that's always, I don't know. That's always a toss up for me with these, these teams that are not that great. And the Dodgers seem to fall apart and then uh, they got to win against the Padres. Who's your player of the week? Let's do that.
1: I didn't have one. I felt like the Dodgers played so poorly overall That there just wasn't anybody that stood out for me. I mean, I could go back to Freddie. Freddie's still, you know, hitting well throughout that. But even the guys that you normally look for just weren't there.
0: So, and I did have a player of the week, but I went with Freddie Freeman, who did not have a very Freddie-esque week as usual, Uh, batted .292, uh, three RBIs, had a home run, but he comes to play every night in the three to two win. He was 0 for 4, but he only struck out once. So, you know, he was he was doing something to get, you know, to get and he he also, I think, he had a stolen base, a couple of stolen bases. Uh so yeah, I went with Freddie. But yeah, you're right. There wasn't anyone uh in this Dodgers four to six week. Uh, where that really was like, you know, they did it all because they did All
1: All right, heading into the last week before the trade deadline, the world revolved around the Angels and Shohei Otani. Everybody wondering, what is, what are the Angels going to do? Well, luckily for everybody, the Angels didn't set around too long. Um, they took what happened in detroit their first series and said all right we're going to go we're going to go in on this we're going all in we're not going to trade shohei and we're going to uh, we're going to be buyers instead of sellers and that was all thanks to a sweep of the tigers which makes complete sense the tigers are not a great team they faced off with michael lorenzen Uh, You know, former Angel and uh, were able to uh, to smack him around a little bit. They faced off with uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. They were able to score four runs off of him. Kept him uh, to only four and two thirds innings. So he didn't really look that good against them. It's like, why? Why would anybody want him? You know, he made he made him look bad. So they go and sweep them, have a great series uh, offensively. First game out was close. They took him to Zennings. Angels able to score one in the top of the 10th and uh, and and stop the uh, the Tigers from scoring anything. After that, it was uh, Mickey Moniak with a double that would score Moose, uh, who was the uh, the ghost runner. And that, and then Aaron Loop, who has, uh, I guess, he got the deal when Ryan Tapera got uh, DFA'd early in the season. The writing was on the wall for Loop, and Loop has picked it up and pitched pretty well ever since.
0: Yeah, this is a good game for the Angels because they blew a four-run lead and they come back and win it. And I think that's always uh, one of those games that is always like a good confidence booster and. When you look at the angels and especially who's on the wheel, they need that. 17
1: members of the angels are on the wheel. Yes. There's been like 24 all season. 17 are still on. And I don't know of those 24, so that's seven more. If those other seven times were Rendon, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, it seems like it's true. Um, so the next day out, Angels are uh, Detroit sees what's going to what is uh, uh, happening and cancels the Wednesday game and they make it up in a double header on Thursday, the getaway game. And normally there's like a little bit of a gap between they practically ended one game and went right into the next one.
0: Yeah, it was like maybe 40 like minutes at that. Maybe 30,
1: 40 minutes. They had that. And honestly, like, uh, like this is no, this is no big deal. What I'm about to say. It was Shohei day <laughs> in both games. Shohei yes. went out and did something that he has not done in his professional him MLB career. He pitched a complete game shutout. Uh, he had never pitched a complete game period, but on top of it, a shutout, uh, he uh he ends up uh also just a one hitter,
0: yeah, just gives up the one hit he strikes out eight and his first complete game. and then first he had complete. some help um, uh, offensively.
1: yes, he did uh he had he had a help, but it wasn't for any and unlike a lot of times when he's like about to hit for the cycle in a game he's pitching, he went over in this game. now he could thank. Taylor Ward, who we'll get to about something coming up here. Two home runs in that game. Mickey Moniak with a double. Hunter Renfro, two doubles in that game. Went three for four. Hunter Renfro, big throughout this series. Uh, uh, Trey Cabbage, who, uh, just to tell you right now, gets uh, gets sent back down. Not because of how he's playing, but because there was moves made. By mm-hmm. the angel, he was. Uh, he had three RBIs in there, just like Taylor did, and uh, six to nothing. So they do that. They go to game number two. So now they've won the series. They've won the first two games. Now let's see if we can not only sweep the doubleheader, but sweep the series. That turned out to be no big deal, because Joe hey once again, uh, two for three. Three RBIs, two home runs for him before he uh, he comes out. He's had some cramping uh, in the game. And I, I think that was just a lot of work. A complete game and then hitting. And uh, he just, you know, he needed a break. And uh, so they took him out. Uh, but he had done his part so that the Angels uh, walk away with the series win. 11-4, to final score. And that's even with them having two errors.
0: Yeah, uh, Detroit, you know, started... They tried to, you know, get some runs on the board, and they did with the four, but they couldn't come back. Uh, Yeah, when you have Shohei Otani hitting two home runs and uh, he hits his 38, which was that second one, there's not much you can do, and uh, he becomes the first major league player to throw a shutout in one game of a doubleheader and hit a home run, two home runs in the other. (laughs)
1: And then uh, Hunter Renfro, Eduardo Escobar also add home runs. Renjifo with a triple. Like I said, Moniak with a double. And the Angels walk away with the series sweep. They bail out of Detroit going against now a team that they need to beat in the Toronto Blue Jays because that's who's up ahead of them. And it's, you know, they've, they've had Boston in front of them. They had the Yankees in front of them. But Toronto has a spot that's who you really want to get in there and be uh, good, good. Also good pitching overall by Patrick Sandoval, not as good as the previous game, but still uh, the angels looking really good. Like they came out of the gate, out of the break uh, really hard and fast. And then they hit the wall when they got to Toronto and you know, it's what are you going to do? Toronto is just a tough team. Toronto by all, you know, appearances, really could be number one in the east if not for the fact that tampa bay took off so much and baltimore is just otherworldly right now yeah um that's uh that's there they 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 lose the opener four to one you're like well okay you guys had a great weekend you get to toronto um kevin gossman is pitching for the jays um, you know, he strikes out nine, has a really good 14 strikeouts for the Jays overall. Now, here's where, unlike with the Dodgers, we didn't we waited for a little bit to talk about the trades. We really got to talk about at least the first trade. Yeah. And that's because guy that the Angels traded for started this game. Uh, just like the Dodgers got two pitchers from the White Sox. They got a starter and they got a reliever. Because the Angels got to the White Sox before the Dodgers did, the Angels got Lucas Giolito, which was yeah. quite the shocker.
0: That was it. I had texted you and said the wrong LA team. Because yeah, I really I thought I didn't think so. I know you don't think that, but I really thought that the Dodgers would, you know, if there was a pitcher out there, Giolito, that was the one that just kept popping up for me. Right. But yeah, he starts this game. Uh You know, allows three runs, six hits, five and a third innings, walks one, strikes out five. But when you have Matt Chapman, Danny Jansen and Whit Merrifield, they all homered for the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are 24 and 11 when they hit two or more home runs.
1: Yeah. So there you go. George Springer drops down to fifth now right? (laughs) because they played the Dodgers. Yes, and then and they played was, the Angels. That was their back-to-back series there. That's right. Uh so but you figure, okay, not a big deal. It's only one game. But the next one, the Blue Jays win it six to one. Uh, yeah. And the the Angels just couldn't really get anything going. They scored uh they scored that one run. They got him in the fifth. Uh the the Blue Jays, they they held the Blue Jays it wasn't until the fifth inning any scoring happened in this game. Reed Detmers uh, on the hill um, doesn't go, doesn't make it uh, a full five. He goes four and two thirds, uh, only three hits and two runs. But, you know, it's just Alec Manoa has, uh, I guess they, when they sent him down, he's actually ended up pitching much better, except for one pitch that he threw in this game
0: yeah this was a scary pitch. He threw a pitch and hit Taylor Ward on the side of the head. uh Taylor Ward did uh suffer from uh facial fractures. It was a pitch it was a ninety one mile per hour pitch and it looked um like it hit like near his left eye um and knocking off his batting helmet, of course, went straight to the ground. Doesn't have any vision issues from what I've, uh, what I've read, which is good. Uh, but really scary moment, uh, for everyone. I mean, Alec Manoa, he He had his hand, he had his head in his hands. He was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. What did, what just happened? And it's not like he did, he didn't do it on purpose. And I did see on, X or, <laughs> uh, comments of, I hate the blue Jays and I hate Alec Manoa. Well, you know, he was just as shook up about it, you know, that, cause he's the one who did it and it's not that he, you know, it just, it happens and it was, unfor- it's unfortunate. So, but yeah, really scary, um, for Taylor Ward and the angels. The uh,
1: the only truly the other than Shohei, the other two consistent players uh, that the Angels have had uh, lately, uh, Hunter Renfro and Luis Renjifo were the guys with hits, but they just couldn't get anything going. Um, it was uh, Taylor Ward who had the um, who had an RBI uh, in the game before he uh, he goes down. Uh, but uh, you know, like I said, it it was a tough one. Alejandro Kirk. Drove the uh, the Blue Jays bus that day going three for three, three RBIs, two home runs. And uh, Santiago Espinal had a home run uh, as well as the uh, the Angels just couldn't uh, couldn't do anything to stop them. also saw the debut of the other pitcher that uh, the Angels got from the White Sox and Reynaldo Lopez, who was a closer with the uh, with them. And they're going to use him in high leverage situations uh along with um obviously with carlos Estevez, so that helps him uh to really strengthen the bullpen uh, so we'll see how that all works now finally uh they uh they're about ready to get out they got to play one more game and then they can escape out of toronto
0: get back across the border from canada hopefully for better things. I played the breakfast baseball
1: game right. on Peacock. The breakfast game. And once again, Hunter Renfro, three for four. Two for four for Luis Renfro. Uh, Shohei was, uh, was one for three, but he got walked intentionally twice.
0: Yeah. Uh, now overall, this game is the Zinnings game.
1: Yes, it is. And uh, the Angels score one in the third, the Blue Jays score one in the fifth, and then it remains scoreless until the 10th. And that's where Hunter Renfro's home run comes into play. Yes. Because you got the ghost runner on second base. Renfro comes to the plate and pow. Uh, Mike Mustakas. Once again, it was Moose who was the ghost runner on second <laughs> base, like he was in a previous game, and uh, and it was Jimmy Garcia, our old friend, former yeah. Dodger reliever, yep, uh, who gives up that uh, that run, and uh, that is the end of it. Um, the the uh, Jays do score one in the bottom of the tenth. Uh, Bo Bichette was the ghost runner, and Vladdy Jr. singles. Scoring, but they were able to uh, Carlos Estevez able to get the win, and they they leave with a, one victory. They don't get swept in that, and of course now for them, it's crazy because they have to go to Atlanta.
0: <laughs> yeah, and nobody really wants. Who wants to go to Atlanta? It's hot, <laughs> sticky, it's humid. Yeah, they're the humid. best team in
1: baseball. You got to see yeah, Ronald. That, that but that too. now, from a game <laughs> standpoint, you got the presumptive MVPs from both legs taking each other on. It's a good test for the angels to see if any of these moves that they've made uh, can pay off. So uh, let's go back. We talked about that uh, Lucas Giolito, who was arguably one of the best rental pitchers on the market, uh, comes in, doesn't have a great game. He even says, I don't have a great game. People are wondering now what happens because the two, the number one and two uh, minor leaguers uh, in uh, the Angels system are traded for those two guys. Now, what do they have? Doesn't matter. They're going for it.
0: Yeah. Perry is going all in. He, they're all they're, It's all in. It's all or nothing. They're not trading Otani. Now you've had heard that there have been people who said they should have traded Otani. I did not think they were ever going to trade Otani. That doesn't make sense to me. Why they well, would Why they would have trade him? Uh, and now people are like, "Well, they should have traded him." But I, I don't. Think, I think
1: from the standpoint of you trade him, you get a haul. I think everybody's looking at it from the fact that now he can walk away. The same conversation about Eduardo Rodriguez and how Detroit fumbled that one. Right, Eduardo Rodriguez can walk with no compensation to the Tigers. He's already had uh, a qualifying offer. So they're going to get nothing. At least the Angels could potentially get something. Mm -hmm. It's not the same greatest player in the world versus a draft pick.
0: But it's something. It's something. But I think with the way Artie Marino is, and I think, Maybe the way he thinks. You know, we talked about the world is on me. All eyes are on the Angels. If they had traded Shohei to, you know, another team, and that team went on to win the World Series, then everybody would be like, "Why did they trade Otani?" You know, look at them now, or they're they've set themselves back x amount of years or whatever it may be. So I think. They were never going to trade him. It was just, I think it was a whole, you know, their well, their, their I, show.
1: I know, I know that everybody would have second-guessed it, depending on a team that he went to. If he'd have gone to a team that was similarly constructed as the Angels are, then yeah. But remember, they were going to get a bunch in return, and that's the problem when you when you trade for prospects. You don't know how they're going to turn out. Right, you don't know what you're getting. So even if they're the top ten, even if you got one through ten in somebody's uh, from from them for Otani, there's no there's no um, guarantee that all ten of them are going to come to be. There's no guarantee one of them's going to come out to be. Right,
0: and they're certainly not going to be anything like Shohei Otani. I mean, you're not right. going to see. So <laughs> see it's hard that. to tr-
1: trade somebody that's doing things that nobody's ever done. Not even yeah. Babe Ruth ever did.
0: Right. That's you why I, I, I That's why I think there was some, I don't know, it a coordinated effort if it just kind of was happenstance for them. But everybody was in on Shohei Otani being traded, and they come out and say, nope, we're not trading him. On the day that he pitches this complete game, <laughs> by the way and hits the two home runs
1: exactly he looks like hey now there's no pressure now i'm i don't i'm not looking over my shoulder Mm -hmm. i can relax and play baseball which i think he was doing anyway he was julio odious how to play in a walk year? yes he's definitely showing (laughs) this is how you do it when you're going to be a free agent okay julio's not going to get a billion dollars a year no but you know,
0: I think he just is showing he's writing the manual on on how to do. Now, I think this trade um, and a really a trade because it was for cash considerations. But this one is a big one. And especially for you, the Royals get left handed pitcher Tucker Davidson. Yes,
1: <laughs> he's gone. They had DFA'd him, so they got something for him in the long run. Now, here's the thing. We saw that there was something different about the way the Angels were doing when they went and got Mike Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar. Rendon had gone down. Walsh having issues. By the way, Jared Walsh DFA'd and clears waivers. Nobody picked him up. He's assigned to Salt Lake City. Uh, he and uh, and uh, uh, Fletch will be playing together, in, uh with the bees there, we saw that move. Just when you thought the Angels were done, they're not. They go to the Rockies and pick up C.J. Crone, who's been an Angel before. Actually, both guys were Angels before. C.J. was actually a uh, a major leaguer with the with the Angels. Randall. Grichik was drafted by the Angels right behind Mike Trout. Trout and Grichik are buddies and have uh, have have been going back and forth about this. And Trout kind of knew he was coming that they were going to trade for him, uh, but they had in the past talked about it. Oh, when are you coming to the Angels? You know, um, Drick- Grichik. I'm going to have a problem with it. Grich is what he goes by, uh, and because uh, I keep wanting to say. Uh, Grichuk.
0: Well, that's what I was thinking because I even think I heard a Rockies announcer call him by the,
1: <laughs> the wrong name, but it's Grichuk. Uh, and uh, anyway, Gritch is what, and that's like his uh Twitter and his Instagram is Gritch or or R Gritch. And anyway, he's there, CJ Crone's there, they pick up the alpha outfit, an outfitter they needed right after. Taylor Ward goes down. They filled the hole. Just like we talked earlier about DeYoung and Bichette. Filled the hole right away. That didn't happen with a lot of other teams. Are you listening, Andrew Friedman? They filled the hole right away. And it makes it look different than it has in the past. That they are actually trying to do something. And hopefully win is what they're doing. It does give you something to be excited about. because. CJ. Crone, all star last year. We know what he could do with the Angels. He's gotten better over the time. and uh, and those two guys, play in will play in Atlanta against a team they've already faced this year. so they already know what to expect from them. And they get to be part of uh, be part of the Angels. and hopefully Grich uh, will be in left field. And then uh, his old buddy Mike Trout will be in uh, in center, and they'll really put something together.
0: Yeah, uh, Grichik is uh, wearing a number that uh, number fifteen, and the Angels actually called the player who wore that number because they hadn't given didn't give that haven't given that number out. They called him, called him up, and said, "Hey, can he wear your number?" And that player would be, I guess, Kingfish Tim <laughs> Salmon. Tim Salmon, and uh, Tim Salmon's like, I don't even know why they called me. I'm I'm good with it. I remember you don't have to meeting. Ask me. Yeah, they don't have to ask me. And I I met um I met Grich, you know, when he was coming up, and he's a good guy. And
1: yeah, because so... he was there in the Angels uh, until he got traded to St. Louis for David Friese. and I'm trying to remember who else, but uh, you know, he's been. 14 years since he was drafted by the Angels until he actually played for the Angels uh, or will play for the Mm -hmm. Angels. Right. So that's pretty cool. And then the Angels did uh, one more move. I was hoping for another starting pitcher. But that didn't come to be. They did get uh, from the Mets fire cell. They picked up uh, Dominic Leone. You know, doesn't really move the needle. It's another guy, high intensity relief pitcher, not really sure how he'll work out. If he'll be just another, you know, middle of the road kind of reliever or if he'll actually be helpful. But, you know. Uh, we we did pick up some some key players there, I think. And uh, if you just get some people off, I don't care if Rendon ever comes back off of the um, off of the list. Um, you know, we've got other guys that can cover for all that. Um, there's a chance with the uh, the offense that it's going to be really good. And, you know, what can we do? Uh, all we can do is uh, as angels, uh, as the angels, all they can do is uh, just win. That's mm-hmm. really all that they can do. So we'll see if that uh, is that what happens uh, is if they, they do that
0: yeah, so they've got Atlanta and then they will go home and they will face the Mariners for four games uh, and then uh, San Francisco will come in after that for three. uh but yeah, I mean it would it, it'll be interesting to see how they do in Atlanta and then of course uh playing the Mariners that's gonna be um you know Mariners are beneath them in the standings, but that's close That's one enough. of those bats. Right. Yeah,
1: it's one of those battles they're going to stay. They've been because they've been flip flip-flopping quite a bit. All right, uh, do you have a player of the week for the
0: Halos? Yeah, I I wrote down one name and then I changed it, but maybe I do dual. I don't know. Um I have Hunter Renfro cuz I think uh but the one name that stood out so he's my honorable mention. I think my one name that stood out to me throughout all of the games was Luis Renjifo. Uh had five RBIs, two doubles, two triples was batting three Oh seven in these games. Uh, but he always just seemed to be, you know, and he's one of those guys that I think we expect him um, to be, you know, playing the way he's playing. He needs to continue to play that way. Um he did have one game where he was 0 for 4, but that happens to the best of them. Because I think uh Renfro in that same game was also 0 for. <laughs> so um yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh Luis Renifo this week. All right. I'm gonna go completely off the grid here.
1: My player of the week, Perry Manassian. For the moves that he's been making. Um I never thought he had it any I mean he was aggressive about stuff. But um, I feel like he's uh, just this week. I don't know that he's come into his own. I don't know if this is what he thinks Atlanta would do because he's kind of tied to that's how we did it in Atlanta. Right. Um, So I don't know how that's going to how that rolls. But um, I'm giving it to him because he's done some stuff to give the Angels a chance. Now it's up to the players. It's up to Phil Nevin to implement the strategy and it's up to the players to to just go out and play and make it happen Uh, to good at bats, cut down on errors, great defense. And the pitching has to be, we need Lucas Giolito, Shohei to lead the way and show these younger kids how to do this stuff. Uh, you know, Chase Silseth, who, uh, Last time, had a good outing. He's going to be showing up to pitch in Atlanta. Uh, Griffin Canning gets scratched, I think, uh, from what I'm hearing. And maybe on his way to the IL, you might know that when we get to the wheel. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on there. But at this point, we can't write them off. And we get some of these players back, like Mike Trout, uh, hopefully by the middle of August. That's going to change everything. All right, hop it in the bullpen cart, take a ride around baseball. And as
0: always, we start off with the player of the week. And I feel like we've been there, done that. <laughs> we have. The American League player of the week is none other than the unicorn, Shohei Ohtani. I mean, he pretty much won the award for his performance on uh, the doubleheader against Detroit. He mentioned the one-hit shutout, and then he comes back uh, and hits two home runs in Game Two, then he hits his 39th home run in Toronto. And I, when I saw that, um I think that I mean there were a lot of Angel fans there, but I think the Angels and Blue Jay fans were <laughs> excited about that home run. I think so run. too.
1: Yeah, people were. Just um, like, I think the oh, only wow.
0: one not excited was uh, Matt Chapman, who had some words for his manager in the dugout, but. Yeah.
1: Why did uh, you pitch
0: it <laughs> exactly? Uh, Otani produced an 800 slugging percentage over six games last week, and he reached base in 11 of his final 17 plate appearances. This is his third player of the week honor this year and the seventh of his career. And then on we, his way
1: to being the player of the month again,
0: uh, yeah, probably. We don't, Yes. And we'll have hopefully we will have those next week uh, with all of the trades so he, and all of the excitement there. He um, could get
1: number 40 in Atlanta.
0: Oh yeah. I think so. I think he could. He totally could do it. Um National League player of the week, Pete Alonzo. Uh he hit more, nobody hit more home runs last week than Alonzo. Uh he went He hit two home runs against the Yankees, and he did it again against the Nationals. Uh, He has three multi-homer games this season, 17 since he debuted in 2019. Only the Yankees, Aaron Judge, has more games during that span. He also drove in a season-high five runs in each of those games, Um, had a 304 batting average, an MLB-best 12 RBIs over his six-game week, he is a three-time Player of the Week winner. He is the first Met to receive this award this season, and I think one of my favorite uh, stats was um, about Pete Alonso and Daniel Vogelbach. Since the stats have been since stats have been kept since like nineteen oh one, Daniel Vogelbach and Pete Alonso are the heaviest they weighed the most the two players weighed the most that had back-to-back home runs at 575 pounds
1: most of that is vogelbach yeah (laughs) all right so while there was um the focus like you mentioned everything was in on the trade deadline so not a lot to talk about i mean there were still games going on people winning people trying to stay in uh, or and in Increase their odds of making it into the playoffs. Uh, Some games to watch for this week, Tampa Bay and the Yankees. Uh, The Angels are going to be watching that because if the Yankees can't beat Tampa Bay, then they can move ahead of them for the first time all season. That's who they've been looking up at directly for quite a while. Uh, Baltimore and Toronto. Uh, So once again, that can help the Angels. And of course, it's helping Baltimore. Uh, then, uh, then you have the Cubs in Cincinnati, both of them fighting for, uh, for playoff spots, San Diego and Colorado, San Diego just cannot be losing games. Um, and, uh, Arizona, San Francisco, another one, Philly, Miami, another one that, uh, got, uh, playoff implications as they continue to fight it out. So stuff to watch for this week, um, as, uh, As we move now, really, everything starts now that the trade deadline's in, we start focusing in on what uh, this next week or so, all these new players uh, start getting acclimated to their new teams. What kind of an effect do they have? And, uh, you know, what teams seem to uh, really uh, continue to play well? And does this new guy, you know, on their team, is he helping? or is it a problem the one thing that's going to be tough here is this is another part of the part of the year august early september especially early september is when you want guys coming back that have been stuck on the wheel oh of-
0: Corey Kluber is on the 15-day IL with a shoulder injury and has been shut down from pitching, all baseball activity. Jonathan India, a guy that we had heard maybe would be traded, possibly was not. He is on the 10-day IL with plantar fasciitis. Chris Bryant, who has become the Anthony Rendon of the Colorado Rockies, is on the 10-day IL with a fractured left index finger. Maybe that's the other way around. (laughs) Yeah. I don't
1: know if Um. I think Anthony Rendon gets injured because he's a hypochondriac. Um, yeah. But uh, he doesn't really want to play. He wishes he'd have gone to the Dodgers instead because um, he is a Hollywood kind of guy. He found out. Um, <laughs> but I think Chris Bryant wanted to go there. So nobody knew he was there. Yeah. And now he kind of feels like, well, nobody knows I'm here. <laughs> so I better if I'm injured. And they know I'm,
0: you know, I'm on the wheel and they, when is he coming back? Yeah, there's right. some, yeah. Uh, I did mention Taylor Ward. Uh, he is out, you know, he is on the IL, but he's pretty much out indefinitely. Um, not expected to be back this season, but uh, we will see. Uh, Johnny DeLuca of the Dodgers is on the 10 day IL with hamstring strain. Uh, last week's player of the week, Alex Karilov of the twins is on the 10 day IL with a right shoulder strain. He was like, I'm player of the week, taking the week. I, you know, I just need some time off. And then this one piqued my interest because Nathan Evaldi is on the 15 day IL with a forearm strain. Now, Bruce Bochi said he expects him to come off the IL Uh, when he's first eligible, which is on August 11th, we will see, um, does that have with him being on the IL, did that have anything to do with the Rangers getting, you know, who they got? Um, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Is it just a forearm strain? Is it a little bit more?
1: Uh, That's the tough
0: one. I know. And so... And uh, yeah, and so that's it. That's it for the will. Um, I did not list all of the angels, but I have in the past. We are the will is constructing. We are constructing an angels only <laughs> wing. Um, however, we the uh, right now it will say you know angels wing, but it the sign will be. Replaceable. So if another team, if the guys come up, then we can put another team up there that has the most. So there'll always be like a special spot. We got the Tommy John wing of the will. Yeah. We got right now we have the angels, but it could be another team.
1: Well, so. nobody's had more than the angels. It's going to be tough to beat them.
0: Yeah. That's not really a category that you right. want I mean, to I'm, be I'm, number I'm, one in.
1: What is that? It's a dubious honor.
0: That's right. Yes.
1: All right. So something that um, I'd forgotten about, it's been so long since we saw him. We kind of liked him. He's a former Dodger. Hunjin uh, Ryu is uh, yeah. making his return to the Blue Jays. And uh, I, I liked it because the Blue Jays, they have a different feel as a team. They're a younger team. They seem like they hang out together. We've talked about the Dodgers doing that, but these guys do that, and they um, they're very happy to see their. I, and I this is uh, Korean. I don't know how if this is right. Ha-yong, uh, which is Big Brother, uh. and they're all happy to see their Hyung back uh, as they make a push for the playoffs and see if they can uh, finally make.
0: It's anything. too bad that you know. Well, I mean, he's in the American League, so he wouldn't hit anyway. But he was sometimes known with the Dodgers as Babe.
1: Right. Yep. Because he had some sits. <laughs> uh, uh, another thing that uh, just uh, just found out, uh, you know, he has never officially retired, even though he's now on uh, up for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Bartolo Colon.
0: Yeah, that was I thought he had retired. And then they said, no, he officially retires. So I guess he was unofficial
1: unofficially retired. He's going to retire as a Met. Of course. Last.
0: You know, what, uh, what, how else would he, I would he go you, out?
1: why, why? Yeah. Where else? Why else? Uh, and then, uh, and then finally this year we've seen, you know, they're like saying that, uh, what 9.2% increase overall in, uh, attendance in baseball. Uh, And then uh, because of some of these changes, we've seen more stolen bases. And in fact, Ronald Acuna Jr. already at 50 plus stolen bases. It's been quite a few years since um, since anybody's stolen bases like he is. I think the last I don't remember who it was, but the last the most it's been in quite a few years was uh, like 70 something and uh you know he's he's going to pass that he's going to run away with it i
0: think oh yeah definitely he so will it, he's going to have i don't even know how many i mean he just <laughs> and he's and he's a good base runner like i mean he's still base but he's just situate his situational awareness on the base pads is like it's it, i mean he it, it's a clinic every time you see him Yeah, he and and then uh, you know who else is uh,
1: seems to really have a a clue about it is Ellie De La Cruz. Oh yeah, Um, and you know I mean he he stole three bases a few weeks ago, uh, including home. Mm -hmm. And you know these are guys you're like said they're paying attention. They know where the ball is all the time, like eyes in the back of their head. It they know when to jump and they just they're on it and him and then uh, I think I mentioned. around the all-star game uh estuary uh ruiz from the a's uh, also leads mlb in stolen bases and yet uh you know wasn't an all-star you know some of these things are nice to see some of these uh changes have brought back some excitement in other places all it's really done is just shorten a game the games and sometimes are not any more exciting than they were before
0: That is true. I have to mention this really quick because it made me laugh. Uh, We talked about the trade. The Rangers get Max Scherzer. The Mets get Luis Angel Acuna, Ronald's brother. And, of course, this is not true. This is a quote because it was like on MLB facts. Uh, But it said, he was my brother and now he is my son. Because the Braves playing the Mets.
1: Got it. Who's your daddy?
0: Exactly. Which they could
1: probably <laughs> say that about a lot of teams. The Braves. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: the, and the, and people who play the Mets could probably say that about.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I had to mention that. And then also you were mentioning all the rules and the changes and. Uh, yeah, we've seen attendance has gone up at the ballparks. Um, and in fact, I think, uh, this on, especially, I think it was like past Saturday, uh, was one of the biggest, you know, there was, um, almost 15% or more increase, uh, from that date to, you know, from a year ago to now. So you're seeing more. And I think it's good because. We've heard, and it's been years, you know, baseball, it's just old, you know, it's, it's not America's pastime anymore. It's boring. Um, it's old P old people watch it and it's not just old people watching it. It's, uh, everybody, you know, is out there at the game, having fun. And if it's, you know, is it because of the new rules I think MLB likes to think so. I don't know. But uh, I am also excited for the Little League uh, World Series is going to be coming up here pretty soon. Of course, we're going to be talking about that. We always do. Um, But we've already seen some scores. USA, I think it's their 12U team, played New Zealand. No mercy rule. Uh, U.S. beat New Zealand forty-three to one. I mean, the kids on the New Zealand team, please continue to play baseball. Please (laughs) cultivate your joy of playing baseball. Don't let that that loss be the end of your career. Your
1: career, yeah. Nope, that would be bad. Yeah, we got that. Plus, we have the Field of Dreams game and, of course, the Little League Classic. So we'll talk about all those coming up here in August. There's a lot to look forward to. And now we're in the stretch. What's going to happen? Will these trades pay off? Uh, Will the right players come off of the uh, IL in time to get acclimated and back in time for the playoff runs and the playoffs? So much. This is when it all happens and MLB gonna be exciting we hope all right we parked the bullpen cart we're rolling the tarp out onto the field we're calling it a podcast we enjoyed being here with you talking about trade deadlines this week Make sure you check us out on uh, Twitter at sibling rivalry bb without the A.
0: And on Instagram and Facebook at sibling rivalry bb with the A. And check out our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. There's a Fanatics link there. So now the players that have been traded to your team or to, a, you know, whoever, you can get their jerseys. Um, or you can, you know, if you never had a jersey, from the team they were traded from, because that's your team, you can get that jersey too, and it might be on clearance.
1: And you're helping us out. (laughs) Yeah, and you're supporting the podcast and all of that. Uh, (laughs) I always wanted a Scherzer Ranger jersey. I wonder if the Verlander, the black, I like that Mets black jersey. Oh
0: yeah, it might be on sale.
1: I couldn't get that one.
0: I know I could, I can't do uh, it. Hey, if it's like not that.
1: Vogelbach, there is just no reason <laughs> to anyway, we will, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about anything that happened from these changes. How did the Dodgers and angels fare? Did the changes they make, do they seem to be working out for them or is there a little ways to go? We'll find all that out and see how this playoff picture continues to unfold. On the next episode of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast, make sure you tell a friend, a stranger, a telemarketer, whoever, to tune in to the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And don't forget to swing away.